Welcome to MPT Podcast. This is Pastor Tim Wilbanks. We pray that this Word of God will bless your life and ministry increase God's blessing upon you. Him and his wife came a few years ago here, and they have a servant's heart. And uh, I, I thank God for Brother Steve and Sister Cindy for also. Uh, if you ain't been around, Brother Steve says Cindy, uh, great people. Uh, Brother Scott says to make great people. And uh, if your business goes up, Sister Cindy, it's because I've been telling all the preachers about it. And I got some going to be coming probably this weekend there. And, uh, and I got some folks here that want to go this weekend. Amen. So God bless you. Brother Scott, I want him to come, bring a word of the Lord. How many will help him preach tonight, saints of God? Won't you do something before we let him come? Turn around to a saint of God and say, it is great to see you tonight, my brother and sister. May God bless you in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Let's give him one more praise. Praise the Lord. I do, I do want to thank Pastor for this opportunity tonight. I do. You don't know what a great man of God, how it can be affect your life until you don't, you're uncovered and don't have one. And nobody wants to be in that situation. We were before we came here, but uh, it's been a, a true honor and blessing to be here. And uh, I thank you and your wife. Y'all mean a lot to us. Thank you very much. Y'all may have to bear with me tonight. But uh, I do think I have a word from the Lord, so let's get into it. I know it's, I know it's a Wednesday night and everybody's tired, had a long week, so let's, let's get into it. Uh, but I, I do want to, like I just honored my pastor, but I do want to give honor to my wife and to my kids. Without them, I couldn't do what I do. And they, they support me in every way. My wife's been talking to me all day. You pumped up? You ready? You ready? My boy, when I got home, he met me at the door. Are you excited? You ready to go? It's, uh, it's been, it's been they, they stay behind me 24-7, and that, I couldn't do it without them. So I do thank God so much for them. But, uh, Let's get into the scripture. I want to go to uh, Job uh, chapter 1. I want to go to verse 20 and 21. Uh, then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshiped and said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave and the Lord had, Lord had taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. With this being read, I want, to, I want to talk to you just a few minutes tonight about looking through spiritual glasses. Looking through spiritual glasses. Let us pray. Lord, I just thank you for this opportunity today, Lord. I thank you for this wonderful day you've gave us, Lord. Lord, I just, I just ask you to touch these saints tonight, Lord. Lord, touch me as I minister tonight, Lord, that your words be heard tonight, Lord. Lord, just help me do a good job and feed these people, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Like Pastor said, if you're going to help me, you can be seated. As my title, I said, as my title, looking through spiritual glasses. You know, there, there's, 
We all, I don't, I wear glasses from time to time. I have astigmatism, so I have to wear them from time to time when I start getting headaches and stuff like that. I probably should wear them more than I do. My wife thinks I should sometimes when I'm driving. <laughs> but, but in wearing glasses, if I was to put on pastor's glasses, I couldn't see. My vision would be distorted as well as if he put on my glasses, he couldn't see. There's so many different types of glasses out there. You have sunglasses, a pair of glasses that I need right now or that I need in my life. Uh, I'm colorblind. They even make glasses for colorblind people so they can see colors better. And uh, I kid my wife all the time. If she'd get me a pair of them glasses, I could see what she could see, you know. But, uh, but there's so many different kinds of glasses out there. Like I said, and sometimes when we when we we we'll let sin come in our life, sometimes the sin will will start happening, and it, and it's just it's not that we mean to it, it's not that we're a bad person, it's just the devil gets on us, and and we're not watching what we do, and we're not understanding what's going on, and sin comes on, and as soon as it does, it's like us put it's like me putting on pastor's glasses. I'm seeing world through a different view. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, the same things when I come to church and I haven't repented and I have, I have sinned in my life and I haven't had that prayer life I'm supposed to have and I haven't been reading my Bible like I'm supposed to. When, when I look around at church and all of a sudden everybody else, there's a breakthrough going on and everybody's praying through and, the, and, the, and the, it's going crazy. And I'm just over here like, I don't, I don't, I don't really feel it. What's going on? Well, it's the same Jesus that's giving that person a breakthrough that's going to, that could be giving you a breakthrough. The problem is you got the wrong glasses on. So we have to make sure that we keep looking through spiritual glasses. You know, there's a lot of things in Job's life. Everybody knows the story of Job. That's why I didn't read the whole story. But we all know the things that happened to Job. And there's a lot of, a lot of things, if we look back over that, that Job could have got the wrong mindset about, right? He could have put on the wrong glasses very easily. You think about it, he could have very easily put on the glasses of fear. He could have very easily put on the glasses of confusion. Because he woke up one morning and he's got ten beautiful children. He's got a big house on the hill. He's got thousands of livestock out there in the field. And he's a very wealthy man, very prominent man. The next thing he knows, his children start dying. There's word sent to him that his children have died here, and then his children have died there, and everything's going wrong. His house ends up getting destroyed. His, his cattle and his livestock end up getting killed and everything else. And, and what would have happened if Job would have put on the glasses of fear, of confusion, of doubt, of death, of worry, of all those things that can attack us every day? But the one thing I want you to understand, when Job said, when I read my text to start with, and then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshipped. And he said, Naked I came out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. When I read that, you know what that hit me? Job said, I'm not going to let what's happening in the natural world affect my spiritual world. He said, I'm not going to let what's happening in the natural world affect my spiritual world. Because as soon as he said that, and God said, you know what? That's a man I can work with. That's a man that I can stand behind. I knew when I told the devil he could test somebody to try my man Job. So when he stood behind him and he told him that, what happened? He kept his spiritual glasses on and Job was blessed double. 
He was blessed double. I don't know how long I'm going to take tonight because I feel God strongly. I've done, I felt Him all day, and I feel Him strongly in this place tonight. And when He wants to do what He wants to do, I'm going to get out of the way. But we can't allow the troubles of the world to come in and stop our, our, our spiritual vision. We can't allow these things that are going to come up because like, like Brother uh, Wilbanks has said so many times, you don't know what day it's going to be when you get that phone call and your whole world changes. You don't know from minute to minute when that phone rings if your world's going to change, if it's going to stay the same, if it's going to be somebody that's calling and giving you the worst news you could ever hear. And I, I, I don't know about y'all, but they don't get much worse than my kids just died. My house just got destroyed. I lost everything I've got. There don't get much worse news than that. And not only that, his friends come and made fun of him and told him that, you know, he just wasn't worthy of anything. And then, and then his wife told him he ought to just curse God and die. There's no way it gets any worse than that. But Job had the understanding of the Lord gave and the Lord taketh away. He was good enough to me to give it to me the first time. He'll make sure I have what I need as, as long as I go. There may be a time when you was up on a mountaintop, but there's always going to be those valleys when you go walking in. And if God took care of you and put you on the mountaintop to start with, when you get in that valley, just know that there's another mountaintop coming because He'll never leave you nor forsake you in that place. Another story that as I was reading and finding God's will for this message, another story came to me about Elisha. And it, and it was, it was uh, I'll just give you a little bit of the backstory because I'm not going to read the whole story, but I'll give you a little bit of the backstory. The king of Syria, he was at war with Israel. And every time that he made plans to attack Israel, Every time that he made plans to, to be at a certain place at a certain time to ambush Israel, whenever it happened, somehow or another Israel would find out about it. Somehow or another they would find out about it. And he was convinced, without a shadow of a doubt, that he had a spy in his camp. Somebody was telling him. He, 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 was, he was going crazy. Somebody was telling them what, I, what we're fixing to do. I mean, and, and he got to the point where he would even go in his bedroom lock the door, and make his plans in his bedroom. But yet Israel would still find out. Come on. So, it's rocks on, and, and they went, and uh, a man of God, not the man of God, uh, they, he finally tries to figure out what's going on, and somebody finally tells him, it's the man of God, Elijah. He's the one that's telling the king of Israel. He's the one that's telling him. So in 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 14, it's where we pick the story up. In the scripture it says, Therefore... Send he thither horses and chariots and a great host. And they came by night and compassed the city about. And, went, and when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, a host compassed the city both with horses and chariots. Now I want to stop right here for just a minute. Can you imagine? This guy... He's with Elijah. He's his servant. And they're just they're, they're, they're doing the Lord's work. They're, everything's going fine. They don't know anything's going on. All of a sudden, he goes outside. He wakes up early in the morning. He starts getting ready for his day. Maybe he's going out to pray or whatever. He's going out. And he looks around. Can you imagine the panic? Right. 
and the fear. I don't know about y'all, but has anybody ever woke up to a bad morning? Has anybody ever woke up to some bad news? Maybe it was 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, you got a phone call, and it was some horrible news. Maybe a loss of a family member or whatever it was. This man just woke up to looking death in the face. Because he knew what these men were here to do. Because these were the same men that Israel was at war with. So if we're at war with somebody, and I go outside, and that entire, from what his eyes, he's seen an army. He's seen an entire army. It says a host of men. But if I'm just going to be honest with you. A host of men, if I walked outside and they got horses and chariots and a host of men surrounding me, it's an army to me. Yes, I'm scared. Right. And this man had to be panicked and fear and everything come over him. You just got to just have that mindset. This man was scared to death. So he runs back in and he talks to Elijah. He, he says, uh, and the servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? And he answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And Elijah prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And, let, and the Lord opened his eyes, of, opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elijah. This just hit me as I read that. I, I, this is not my notes. Not in. I'm going to tell you something. It will do you a world of good to stay close to the man of God. It will do you a world of good to stay close to the man of God. Because if he hadn't have been there with his man of God, because Elisha could see it. If he, Elisha hadn't have been there to pray for him and say, here, brother, put your spiritual glasses on. Put your spiritual glasses on and go outside. So when he stands up here every Wednesday night and every Sunday night and he preaches to you, he's trying to get you to put your spiritual glasses on so you can see what I see. See, what, see what's possible out of you. Because you're not just saints of God. You're, you are not just saints in this church. You are children of God. And you have the same Holy Ghost that he has. You have the same Holy Ghost that any other man of God that stands behind this pulpit has. And the miracles that are performed, the same God lives inside of you. So when he's up here preaching to you and telling you, here, put your spiritual glasses on, son. Put your spiritual glasses on. Read your Bible. Give a prayer life. When he's telling you those kind of things, it's because he wants you to see what you're capable of. He wants you to see what God is going to do for you, through you, and with your life. So, but the next thing, and that was not in my notes, that just, that was the Holy Ghost. But can you imagine when the man turns back around after Elijah prays for him and he walks back out and he looks around, could you imagine the peace? Could you imagine just seeing the whole host of the armies and the chariots there on fire? And, the, and this is something that <laughs> I prayed, I've been praying at my house about some different things. And one of the things I've said is, put an angel at my door with a flaming sword. Yes, sir. So nothing evil can step across that door. Right. Nothing evil can come on my porch. That's what I've been praying. And just because it's just a piece of a man standing there with a flaming sword. Because I'm going to be honest with you. If anybody's standing anywhere with a flaming sword, I'm not getting nowhere near him. I'm just not doing it. So it just comes to my mind. I'm not doing it. So, so I'm just thinking, nothing evil is ever going to try to come against that. 
But this story, I love this story because if there's anything in this story, that peace right there that the man could feel. And I just thought, that's the kind of peace when you start putting your spiritual glasses on and then the devil starts attacking. You can just look at the devil and say, it's okay. It's okay. I got God. I got God. I don't, I don't have to worry about anything you've got going on because I got God. And he said he'd never forsake me nor leave me. He didn't say I wouldn't walk through troubled times. And he didn't say I wouldn't have, have hard days and, 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 be, and, and have those things. But he said I wouldn't ever leave you nor forsake you. So that peace that he felt was just had to be amazing. It just had to be, there just had to be something about that peace. But what happened next in the story, if there's anybody I want to be like in this story, it's Elisha. Because he was doing God's work. He had his spiritual glasses on 24-7. If you, there's so many stories about Elisha in the Bible. And if you read and all the great miracles that were performed through him and around him and everything like that. This, he had a peace on him. When the man ran back in, that, that's why when we call pastor, when, some, when, when everything goes crazy... And all hell breaks loose in our life. And we call pastor and pastor goes, it's going to be okay. We're going to pray about it and God's going to do it. God, God's going to fix it. God's going to deliver. God's going to bless. The reason he can have that peace is because he's that man of God that can continuously look through spiritual glasses. But Elijah... Him looking through spiritual glasses and continuously having God's mind, the mind of God, and continuously just like He would be the one that God would tell all the different things that that the camp of Syria was fixing to try to do, the king of Syria that they were fixing to try to do. He was the one relaying the message back to him and allowing him to go and protect Israel because this man was not only helping the king of Israel out in the war; he was protecting Israel. He was protecting God's people. So. I, but the thing that happens next in verse 18 is what, what, what I really want to look at too is, and when they came down to him, Elijah prayed unto the Lord and said, smite this people, I pray thee, with blindness. Yep. And he smote them with blindness according to the word of Elijah. I want you to think about that for a minute. He did it according to to the word of Elisha. You want to know why not only do you need to have that relationship with God and everything and keep your spiritual glasses on like Elisha did. He kept those spiritual glasses on. He kept staying close to God because when he got in trouble, he knew that whatever he asked of God, God would do. He did it according to the word of Elisha. How awesome is it to know that I'm so close to God, when I ask God to do something, it's done immediately. Come on. Not, not tomorrow, not I'm going to wait till it's done. And, and that's God's will. Sometimes you have to wait. But when you're in a situation like this and you say, God, I want you to fix something, but I don't want you just to fix it. I want you to fix it this way. Uh-huh. I want you to fix it this way. Right. I want this bill not paid. I want it paid off. Yeah. I don't want it just paid. I want it paid off. I don't want this problem just to go away for right now. I don't want it to be done with and never have to do it again. Never have to mess with it again. Because that's what Elisha did. At this, if you read the rest of the story, he smote them with blindness. He could have easily said, God, just wipe them out. Come on. Just wipe them out. They were his enemy. They were, they were his enemy. But I want you to understand, by 
Elisha showing them mercy. I didn't get this in my book, in my notes either. But at this point, what Elisha did next was he led them away from there and led them to. Uh, oh, I ain't got it in my notes. But he led them away. And anyways, when they got to where the king of Israel was, the king of Israel said, "Do I need to, Do I need to kill him? Do I need to kill him right now? Do I just need to wipe all these men out?" He said, "No, don't wipe them out. No." no. Because there's some things that you're not going to do by just killing things. There's sometimes you're not going to fix a problem by just killing it. Sometimes you got to deal with that problem and go through that problem and explain that problem away. Because you're not just going to be able to kill it and be done with it. <laughs> he said, you know what we're going to do with our problem? He said, we're going to feed it and we're going to take care of it. We're going to show it compassion and we're going to show it love. Because there's some people that you can't get, a, get, get along with. <laughs> There's some people that you just don't gel with and you're never going to get along with. There's going to be attitudes and, and things there you're never going to get along with. These are the people coming to kill Elisha. He knew what they were doing. He said, no, we're not going to kill them. We're going to feed them. We're going to make sure they're in good shape. And then we're going to send them home. So he took care of them and the king of Israel had such respect for Elisha because he knew that he was the reason, he was who was protecting Israel. He had such respect, he done exactly to the words of Elijah. He fed them. They took care of them, they gave them rest, and they sent them home. Let me tell you how the story ends. Syria never came against Israel again. Never came against Israel again. They, you're not, you can't always deal with a problem by just killing it. Sometimes you've got to nurture a problem and fix it and let them understand that you're going to show them love and compassion and send them on their way. When you show them that love and compassion, because in the Bible, my Bible tells me if I don't have love, I don't have anything. If I don't have love and compassion, I don't have anything, and I'm not a child of God. So what I want you to understand is what you do in the physical world what you do in the physical world and the spiritual world is two totally different things. But the spiritual world can make miracles come in your physical world. If you don't have that, when those problems come and those things attack you and, and you're going to, I mean we're, it's just life, we're going to have that. But what you got to understand is just like I said about Job. Because of his spiritual walk with God. And he said, I understand who my God is. I don't care what's happened in your life. I don't care what hell you've been through. I don't care who's done you wrong. Who's, who's come against you. Who's hurt your family. Who's done whatever. God said, I've got you right where I need you right now. God said, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to provide for you. And, and, and when you get that mindset and you say, Lord, I'm going to praise you. No matter what happens, I'm going to praise you. Yeah. I know it's easy. And I, I've been guilty of this myself a, a lot. I've been guilty. When I'm going through hard times and I'm going through bad things and I've just got, I've just got depression on my mind or something like that. When it happens to me, it's always easy to crawl back over in the corner and say, I'm just going to sit here for a while. I'm just going to sit here for a while. I'm, going to go to, I'm still going to go to church, and I'm going to stand at my pew, and I, I'm going to raise my hand every now and then, and I'll clap my hands, 
But I'm not going to let God touch me the way he needs to touch me. Because if he did, I could get rid of all this stuff I was over here in the corner with. But the minute I can put my spiritual glasses back on, God can say, okay, you're going to praise me through it? All right, I'll give you double of everything you lost. I'll give you double of everything you lost. It don't matter what it is, I'll give you double. It don't matter. God said he owns a th- a cattle on a thousand hills. He, he don't have to worry about money. He don't have to worry about things. He said, you lost 10 kids, I'll give you 20. You lost cattle, I'll give you double whatever you have. It doesn't matter what you've lost. He said, you lost a job? Okay, I'll give you a better job. I'll, I'll double your salary. There was, a time, <laughs> there was a time in my life that I got a job that I knew God sent me. Had no, no doubt in my mind. I pulled up at a gas station. And some of y'all may have heard this story, but I pulled up at a gas station, and I, me and my wife had been talking, and we were in a place financially that we didn't, that had been hurting us because of the job I had. I'd been there three or four years, no raises, this, that, and the other. And uh, I'd been praying about it, pulled up at a gas station, pumping gas in a company vehicle. Man comes up and offers me a job with a raise, company cell phone, computer, company vehicle, all this stuff. Just... I mean, at a gas station, out of the blue. So you can't tell me miracles don't happen. That, I mean, that, that's just a simple thing. But, you, you know, there, there's, there's seasons. And I'm saying this for a reason, but there's seasons. I held on to that job longer than I should have held on to it because God had somewhere he wanted to move me that was so much better. So sometimes when things start coming against you and things start happening like it did me in that job, I, kept, I, I, I questioned myself. God, you gave me this job. There's no doubt that you gave me this. Why? Why, are you, why, why, do, you want, why do you want it back? What, what's going on? Why is this happening? I mean, you got to think about it. I'm sure Abraham felt the same way. He got his promise, and God said, let's go. Yep. You, come on. We, we got to sacrifice. Let's go. You got to sacrifice. Come on. Wait a minute, God. You gave me this promise. You gave me this boy. Now I got to go sacrifice him? That don't make no sense to me, God. I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm going to be transparent. I argue with God sometimes. I mean, we all argue with God. I mean, if you're being honest, I argue with God. I'm just telling you. God, this don't make no sense. What is going on? Why is this happening? And that's the way I was. But God allowed me to understand when I finally, he got to that breaking point and he said, if you'll just let me have it, if you'll just let me have it, I'll show you what, you, what we can do. Finally, I got to that breaking point. I said, all right, God, here it is. It's yours. It's yours. I went the next day. Somebody had been asking me about coming for an interview. I went the next day, got an interview. He said, he said, I don't ever do this. He said, but I'm going to offer you the job right now. And, and it's my boss I have now, and he don't do this. He, the last guy he hired, he interviewed four times before he hired him. He don't do that. He said, I'm going to give it to you right now. I'm going to pay your whole family's insurance. I'm going to give you... I think it was a four or five dollar an hour raise at the time. And everything you've had where you're at, you have plus all this. I'm going to give you your two weeks of vacation you had that you're going to lose. I'm going to give that to you. He said, I'm not just going to put you in a place and leave you there. He said, he said I may have gave you this job. That's what God was saying. I may have gave you this job, but now I've got you something better over here. I've got you something better over here. That's the thing. When we, when we, when we argue with God is when we don't have our spiritual glasses on. When we can't see what God's will is. When we can't see what God has for us. So tonight, as I'm winding down, I want you to understand. Tonight, Sister Wilbanks, if you don't care to come. This, 
This is what God has for us tonight. He wants you to put on your spiritual glasses. He wants you to recommit to Him for that prayer life. He wants you to recommit for that reading of your Bible. You know, that's something that, I'm just going to be transparent, I fell short somewhat. And, and God told me, He said, look, He said, you've got to practice what you preach. If you're going to get up there and say, look through your spiritual glasses, you look through your spiritual glasses and, and, and watch me. He said, because I've got places that I want to take you that you ain't seen yet. Right. And that goes for everybody in here. And I think that's a word for somebody tonight. Is I've got places that I want to take you. That's what God's saying to somebody in here tonight. Probably a lot more than one person. But he's telling you, I've got places I want to take you. Right. But it's going to take work. It's going to take dedication. It's going to take sacrifice. I know it's summertime. I know it's time to go out on the water. I know it's time to do all this stuff. But nothing else can stand in the way of your relationship with God. Just as well as all the good times, all the bad times can't stand in the way, all the good times can't stand in the way either. It has to be number one no matter what. And when we keep it like that, when we understand that, when we continuously keep our glasses on, this is the things that can happen. It didn't say we wouldn't go through things. It didn't say you wouldn't walk out one morning and have an army stand there coming against you. Because if there was anybody that was a man of God, it was Elisha. And it didn't say you wouldn't walk out and have an have a army stand there waiting to kill you. He said, but when the army's there, I'll take care of you. When the army's there, I'll stand in front of you with that sword. I'll stand in front of you. I'll fight your battle. I'll make sure it's done. And when you've got that true relationship with God and you've got that true vision, He'll even do it according to the way you want it fought. Because that's exactly what He did for Elijah. And my Bible says He's no respecter of persons. So if he'll do it for Elisha, he'll do it for you. He'll do it for me. He'll do it for every person in here. You have his spirit living inside you. So tonight as we stand, I ask you, look deep into your life. And what do you need to recommit to God? What do you need to say, I'm going to put my glasses back on, God? What do you need to do? What do you, what do you need to do right now and say, God, I'm going to put these glasses back on and I'm going to start watching for your will. I'm going, to stop, I'm going to stop looking at my situation and spiritually looking at what you want to do through my situation. I'm going to quit looking at what my situation is and I'm going to start looking at what you want to do through my situation. Because we all have situations, but God uses those situations to do things through you and for you. Like the pastor says, if you're not going through nothing, you're not growing. When you're, when you're going through things, you're growing. But the key word was you're going through them. You're not stopping in the middle. We're not going to die in our valley. We're going to make it to our next mountaintop. So tonight as you come, gather around the altar, I just ask you to recommit to God and say, God, I want my spiritual glasses back. God, I, I, I want that closer relationship with you. And you, you may have your spiritual glasses, but you can say, God, I want that 20-20 vision. I don't want to just see near. I want to see far and wide. I want to see far and wide tonight of whatever you have for me and whatever you need me to do. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's thank God. We pray today that this word has blessed you, ministered to the needs of your life. Until next time, God bless you.